Howdy, and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. I don't think I've been introducing myself in the last few. Oh well, ignore that. So anyway, uh, today we're going to talk about kind of some geeky cool stuff, but I, it does come back down around to your relationship with your dog in the end, so bear with me. But I think it's, I think it's an interesting way of looking at how we talk when we talk about dogs. So there's controversy. I know that's hard to believe because the dog training world is certainly not controversial in any way, shape, or form uh, about the words cue versus the word command and the feelings that people bring to the table when they say those words. And some people get very vehement about what they mean and what that word means to them. So there are people on both sides of the spectrum, one which will say, it is a command and I will, the dog will do it or we will die on this hill. And there are others who are like, well, I'm asking for behavior and I'm hoping they'll do it. But if they can't do it, that tells me so much. And so, you know, and, and I, I understand both perspectives. And I think I'm going to bring them both home to you guys by telling you a couple of stories. But I'm, I'm going to tell you about what's been going on with one of my dogs and kind of walk you through what I'm noticing, how I noticed it and what it's brought me to by because of the way I look at these questions. Okay, so like I said, bear with me. There's a little storytelling, but I swear we're going to come right back to it. Okay, so for the past few weeks, we've had a lot of herding trials here. And so we've done a lot of trialing with Cody, my older border collie, and Tag, my, my younger border collie. Tag's a wild child. We're going to ignore her. Cody, on the other hand, is seven and a half, I believe. And she is just a trooper. That I mean, when you think of the word trooper, that is exactly what you see. I just see her. She is she is just on the job, doing the thing. She loves the thing. She lives for the thing. If I were to open the door right now and let her out, she would bolt down and be staring at my my little caps. So that's Cody. She loves the thing. She loves hurting. But Cody suffers from a mild issue that was caused by me. Well, it's not really mild, but it is an issue. And it was caused by me. And it was caused because she was one of my first Border Collies that we trained in herding. And because she was one of my first Border Collies that we trained in herding, herding calls for direction signals. So the equivalent of right and left. Only it's not right and left, which is already, let's face it, for some people, going to be baffling. It is counterclockwise and clockwise. And the thing that they are going counterclockwise or clockwise around is the sheep. So as I'm facing, imagine you're in a football field and you're looking down at the goalpost. Is that what it's called? Goalpost. And you have sheep coming towards you. And you want your dog to steer the sheep to your left. Okay, so imagine this. You're facing down. Your dog is behind the sheep. The sheep are moving towards you. You want the sheep to move to the left. That means the dog is going to move to my right. That cue is come by. Okay? Now, once the dog has gotten the sheep to me and is moving away from me, if I want those very same sheep in this very same scenario with the sheep, only the difference is the dog is moving away from me, and the sheep are moving away from me, and I still want them to go left, I'm going to ask her to go away. So depending on how really good you are at right and left, this is really easy or super hard. And for me, I'll be honest, I struggle. Their mistakes were made. Because mistakes were made, 
There were many times when we were working just on the property, just with trying to get sheep moved from here to there, just trying to get them through gates or what have you, that I would erroneously call the wrong direction. And when I would erroneously call the wrong direction, because Cody is very keyed in on understanding what the goals are at the end, believe it or not, they really can't understand that, she would say to herself, Mom is an idiot. She does not know her right from her left. So I am going to go the opposite direction she just called because that is the correct direction. And she would do so and she would be correct. We would achieve the goal we wanted. And I obviously would not correct her because I'm the moron. Problems arise, obviously, in this case, though, because I did not create a direct correlation of I give the cue, you do the behavior 100% of the time. Instead, the correlation I created was I give the cue, you do the behavior when it feels right. So what happened was we went to a new kind of trial for us where instead of kind of the normal things that Cody is used to seeing in a trial field, there were completely novel things going on. So I'm just, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail and cause everybody's head to explode. But in most sheepdog trials, where there's what we call an outrun, which is where the human is at one end of the field and the sheep are at the other, you send the dog down, they pick up the sheep and they bring the sheep directly to you. Once they've done that piece and that piece is all hardwired, you could take a really well-bred border collie out, brand new puppy and pretty much set up that same scenario and that puppy is going to execute that behavior. That is incredibly instinctual. It is called going to balance. So the sheep are balanced on the human and driving them to the person. And that's, that's what they do. So all of that is with her, within her, ex, her, her instinctual drives. After she brings the sheep to me, she brings them around me and then I send her away. And that's when she starts taking directions to go right and go left and do whatever obstacles are on the course, whatever the course might be. These courses, however, did not work quite like that. What happened instead was oftentimes the dog would stop short of the balance point where they would not be bringing the sheep to me. And then they would zigzag and do other things at the bottom of the field. So the farthest from me before even bringing the sheep to me. So these are new sheep. They're difficult sheep, new situation. And on top of that, I'm throwing this whole new sorry at, at Cody. And I'll be honest, I went in very naively. I had no idea a, that this was going to be, that these were kind of a thing that we were going to do and B that it would be this difficult for my dogs. And it really was, um, Cody and tag both suffered quite a lot of frustration dealing with this. The difference is tag shows her frustration by blowing into sheep and becoming angry at the sheep. She's very focused that the sheep are always the enemy. Cody I've never really seen Cody suffer frustration, except for she just kind of slows down, souls up, and she'll just keep looking at me like, mom, why are the sheep moving? Or why are the sheep being jerks or what have you? So anyway, we went to this trial. It was a four day trial, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with a total of four, um, that's three days. Wow. Can't even add three day trial, Friday, Saturday, Sunday with four trials, one on Friday, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. And Cody you know, acquitted herself incredibly well, tagged it very well um, at the beginning. And then the last day, Cody went out really flat. And I thought, I thought, well, you know, this is a dog who always does what I ask. She's always 100% into the game. 
So the, the thing I imagined was the problem was it was extraordinarily cold for here. It was 20 degrees in the morning and um, really bitterly cold. And I think what was happening is I just don't think she was hydrated. I think she was dehydrated because she just wasn't drinking enough because it wasn't warm enough to trigger her to really be thirsty. Because it's not like she'd be tired because I didn't. she doesn't get tired on trials. So that's what I assumed. I assumed the last day out she was just cooked. Okay. But I also understood that it was this was a very difficult trial because every time I'd ask her to do things that were very counter to both her instincts and her understanding of how things worked, she would she would swing back. So let's say I asked for an away, I needed her to come all the way to 90 degrees from where I was at, and she would stop out at 45 and swing back. And I'd say, no, 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 you need to do it. So I'd call the queue multiple times to her. But she's used to that because I'm kind of an idiot and I kind of forget where I'm going anyway. So anyway, moving on. A week goes by, or I think two weeks, there's a there's a gap between that trial and then two weeks later or whatever, there's another trial that we just actually came back from. That trial was, we were doing advanced AKC, so she knows the course. Uh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, we, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the course set up at my house, but we've worked enough of, of the course to know the course, kind of, more or less. And it makes sense to her because you go gather the sheep, bring them to mom, go around the handler's post, and then drive the sheep away in other directions. And so it makes sense to her. But the sheep were really kind of tough. They were, they were squiggly and difficult to move, as had the sheep been at the last place. And, and bear that in mind, because I'm going to come back to that. And that, again, that was a two-day trial with four trials, so two, two trials each day. And she started off really well. And the she, I mean, the sheep made her work for every step that she took. And so the first day she did she did very well for her and I was feeling really good about how she was performing. Tag in her hand was taking out her frustration on the sheep and making a mess, which is tag's jam. So anyway, so I, because I had paid attention at the last trial, this was a trial up in Northern Arizona. It was again, the weather was really, really silly cold. This has been a very chilly, cold winter here. And for us, I admit it, we're babies about this, but because of what had happened prior, I was really mindful. I, I bought some bone marrow in a little packet and I added some to the water in an effort to see if I can get her to drink more. I added more water to her food at night. I was really mindful to make sure she always had water in front of her. I did a lot of things to just really ensure that she was drinking enough so that she wouldn't have the same problem she had at the last trial. So we go to the last day of the trial, which is a Sunday. It was two trials again. And where I'm setting them up, I have them set up pretty far away from other dogs. I, Cody doesn't like other dogs. But it was, I mean, there were a bunch of geese. And geese are incredibly loud, so it probably doesn't matter where I set her up. But it just happened that she was only about maybe 100 yards from the geese set out. And they are loud and conking and making goosey sounds. Well, Cody is addicted to, she, to geese. She loves geese. Geese are her favorite critters in the whole world. After maybe the cows. I don't know. She likes one or the other more. But she definitely loves them both more than she loves sheep. So Cody would come out looking for the geese. And that doesn't surprise me. That's not abnormal for her. That's totally within her jam. Normally what would happen, whether she's on my property or someplace else that has geese and sheep, is once you show her her job as sheep, she's like, okay, sheep are cool enough. They'll, they'll do in a pinch. So what happened on the last day is... 
I set, I set her up in what they call the, the bigger of the two arenas. And I send her, and she is so obsessed in this arena, looking for these geese who are making their, they're having cacophony of noise for whatever reason. Geese tend to have a lot of conversations. For whatever reason, in that moment, they were very, very loud. So she's looking all around for the geese. I know she knows the sheep come out of the bottom of the arena. I know she knows where they come out because she's been there before. And she just isn't focusing on there. She is just very much focused on where these geese might be hiding. So... I'm actually concerned when I send her that she's going to go in the wrong direction looking for geese instead of going to the bottom of the arena where the sheep are located. So I actually reset her several times thinking, I, you know, I don't care about the points. I just need her to go get the sheep, not bring me, try looking for geese. So anyway, I send her out and as she's going around the edge of the arena, she stops. Well, she can get a little what we call sticky on the sheep if she feels the pull, the direction they want to pull. And they did want to pull in that direction. So I assumed it was that and simply asked her to keep going. When I realized she wasn't even looking at the sheep, she was staring through the fence at something else on the other side of the fence. So I send her again to go pick up the sheep and she picks up the sheep and she brings them to me. But she was really distracted. She she really suffered through this run. She was a lot of... I'd have to repeat commands. I'd have to, you know, ask her more than one time to do things. Uh, she would screw up. She'd take the wrong flank. I'd have to help her out. And it made no sense. It wasn't a sensible, I'm fixing mom's stupidity. It was just, I'm not paying attention. And her head was on a little swivel. And then the very last thing that we had to do was move the sheep across the arena, the short side of the arena, from the left to the right in what they call a cross drive. This can be a very difficult maneuver in the uh, A course in AKC because it makes kind of no sense to the dog and the sheep are usually pulling into a, some sort of draw. They're trying desperately to get home and home is usually inconveniently placed. So Cody worked on this and had to work at it and the sheep were difficult because like I said, the sheep were difficult here too. And the sheep were all wonky and she got them going and she got them across most of the way. And suddenly she left her sheep on the fence line and went over to stare through the fence again. Well, she's never done this. Not once have we ever trialed where she's been that distracted. So at that point, I once the sheep have hit, it's called four to five. Once they've gotten past the cross drive, I can walk to the sheep because all we have to do left is, is, all we have left to do is put the sheep away in what's called the pen. So I, I can walk across. So as I'm walking across, I'm like, Cody, come here. What are you doing? And she breaks away from whatever she's looking at. And I get her to do her job. But again, she's just kind of squirrely. So we'll put the sheep away. And I'm walking her back to, you walk in and out of the arena off leash. So I'm walking all the way across the entire arena with, with her without a leash. Now, she doesn't have to heal or anything like that. And my dogs are pretty loosey-goosey on that. They kind of just flow a little bit around me. But she is really enamored of this fence line. So I actually walk over a little bit to the fence line to see what it is she's looking at. And there's a little flock of chickens on the other side in a little pen. And at my house, the chickens live with the geese. So I don't know if she's looking for geese there or whatever. But it's just, then this is not normal Cody behavior. But I'm like, well, the last, the last two times we did herding, we did work geese or, or poultry. So in all of 20... 22, the year this went by, we went to two, I think we only went to two or three trials 
And the last two trials we went to, Cody actually got to work poultry for her the first time ever. So I'm thinking, wow, I really ruined her with this poultry thing. My God, she's now, she can't even go to a trial and not be hyper-focused on not doing the thing I want. Instead, she's hyper-focused on the, the poultry. So anyway, I call her. We go out. We go out of the arena. We have one more run to make that day. And it's in a smaller, what they call a smaller arena. It's a pretty tight space. It's really hard on these, on these big outrunning dogs. It's an arena that I've had terrible luck with. The draws, which call the sheep to go to them, are really wonky. The sheep get really wiggly. On top of that, stock are always their worst on the last day. They're tired. They've had it. They're over all of this bullshit. They, they don't want to play. And it can be very difficult. And these sheep were already very difficult to work. And I, I'm, I think that's a good thing. I like seeing difficult sheep because I'm not working than my dog is. But so Cody's been struggling with these sheep all weekend, but she's done a very lovely job of keeping them together and keeping them on the move. Oh, Tag had some struggles, but Cody was pretty good. But they got harder and harder, of course, as the weekend went by because they'd beaten some dogs. They were just getting sullen. They were tired and they were over it. It was super cold, not the sheep care. So anyway, so we go into the arena, the very last, this is the very last one. Now, the one bad thing about this arena is the end of the arena, there are all these little pens. Imagine like the pens at like a fairground where the sheep are kept, you know, the goats and all of those things. So there's a bunch of those pens on the end. That's called set out. That's where all the sheep are kind of positioned off into different groups so they can all be set out one at a time into the arena. Behind those sheep is where the geese are. And of course, they're all carrying on because geese can never do anything quietly. So Cody comes into the arena and she's already got her head on a swivel and she's already looking for the geese and she's already just, where are my geese? I'm like, we're not doing geese, we're doing sheep. And so the good thing is you send the dog all the way from the back, from far away, from the, from as far away from the geese as you can. But the bad thing is you're sending the dog into the geese, into the set out. So I set Cody up. I send her. She gets to the end of the outrun where she's at the top of the sheep, like above the sheep. So we're looking at the sheep and I'm six o'clock. The sheep are the middle of the clock face. Cody's at 12 o'clock. This is where she brings me to the sheep. Only Cody turns around and tries to look through the fencing to see the geese. So I call her up and she gets through the course. And the course is, again, she knows the course. It's the same bloody course every time. But these sheep are really challenging her they're making life difficult for her she's very scattered her head is on a swivel she's looking around at these geese looking for geese looking for geese and these sheep start taking advantage of her and they're doing a three two split they're five sheep and they're doing a a a three two split where two want to go one way and one and the other three want to go the other way and she has to keep them all together and she could have kept them all together had she been paying attention and covering but because her attention was divided, she's like a driver who's looking at their cell phone. She would just miss things. And so these sheep kept splitting on her. So we get around the course and it's not pretty at all. I mean, it's, it's a pretty much a horror show. And she just, she just, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's a terrible run. And I mean, I feel bad for her. She just, she just lost it to these sheep. So at the end, I'm like, oh my God, this poor dog. So we finish. I, you know, I tell her she's great. I put her away, make sure she has water. Because again, last time, remember, I thought it was water. And I'm like, oh my God, she's just so addicted to these geese. Maybe we need to stop working her on sheep when we go to these trials. Maybe just work her on geese instead. Because clearly that's what she 
she wants to do. She wants to work the geese. So this is what I'm saying to myself. So I'm saying the first trial, this is the second trial, this. This is where the, the thing that we started with at the beginning, Q versus command comes in. So if you're of the opinion that your dog, if you give a command, that command is written in stone. And if the dog refuses to take the command, it's the dog's fault and the dog is wrong. Then you're going to come at this question as Cody is wrong. Cody is bad. Cody is a terrible dog. And she needs to not pay attention to geese. She needs to pay attention to the thing. And I don't care if you're dehydrated. And if you come at this from the question of cues, well, can you do the behavior? Are you capable of doing the behavior? Well, then the answer on the last day of both trials was no, she couldn't. On the last day of the first trial, she was really slow. She took some bad cues, um, but mostly it was just she was flat. So the question would be, can you do this in your normal, happy, joyful way? And the answer was no. Well, if it's a question and then they give me an answer and I don't like the answer, then I'm going to start asking more questions. If it's a command and then a disobedience, I'm not going to have to ask answer any more. I don't have to ask any more questions. If Cody is ignoring me because she's obsessed with geese and I give a command, then that tells me that she's not listening. She's a bad dog. I just need command stronger. I need to practice more. I got to do something like that. If on the other hand, I look at it as I asked Cody to pay attention to the sheep and she could not do so in spite of having a previous history of loving to pay attention to sheep, then I'm going to go home and I'm going to start thinking, well, wait a minute now. Two trials in a row, Cody has been really flat on the last day. That's not like her. Now, she's coming on eight, so she's not an old dog, but she's not a, she's not a spring chicken, but this isn't, she should be coming into her prime, or maybe just about to leave her prime, but prime is part of the word when you're talking about a seven-and-a-half-year-old dog. She's not 18, so it can't, she's not getting tired. It doesn't look like she's never been tired before. This is a dog who could work for 24 hours. Is it really that she was dehydrated the first trial and the geese flummoxed her on the second trial? And honestly, the, the, the answer could be yes. But here's another possible answer. And this is how I'm going to move forward in her training with this as being the possible answer. The thing that she had to face at the first trial was really difficult sheep that were very squiggly. We talked about that. I brought that up a little before. So I want you to understand that. Let's imagine you are trying to take a shopping cart through a grocery store and you get a shopping cart where all the wheels face the same direction. Well, that's easy. You have no problem with that. Now, instead of getting that shopping cart, you get a shopping cart where one of the wheels doesn't roll at all. And one of the wheels, then the rest of the wheels are going to the right. So you're constantly, you're pulling against the one that won't move and you're shoving it to the left all the time. Most people would just put that damn thing away and go get another one. Well, what if those are your sheep? Probably what it feels like for these dogs when they've got squiggly sheep who are really fighting them at every step. So Cody went to a trial where the sheep were all essentially three-legged, crooked shopping carts. On top of that, she was asked to do something that was above her pay grade. And when she didn't do it, I'd ask her again and again and again and again. I would not get mad because I, I have no right to get mad, but I'd say, come by. And she'd start to come by and then go back to the other direction. I'd say, no, no, Cody, come by, come by. And I kept saying it. And there's kind of a rule in herding that every command is a punishment. 
And I, I try not to think of my dogs thinking of it that way, but there is a part of me that is always aware of that. And if she's hearing me say the same thing over and over and over again, she cannot know she's succeeding, right? She knows that things are going badly. Whether I tell her at the end things are going badly or not, she's not stupid. She's hearing me say the same thing over and over again, and she's trying, but she just, it makes no sense to her. So not only is she pushing a shopping cart where one wheel doesn't work and the other three are going the wrong direction, but she keeps being told to go left and she's saying, I'm trying to go left. And I'm like, I know, try harder, try harder. And she's like, I'm trying. And I said, I, I'm hearing you, but can you try some harder? So even though she never showed it, my thinking is she went there, she did that with those sheep that were really tough. Then we went two weeks, whatever, a break where she moved. My sheep are very, very difficult to move. I have a, or had at the time a very, very pregnant you who is the leader of my sheep who takes a freight train to move and tends to stay on hay if she's on it until the cows come home. So for her, Cody really kind of sometimes struggles getting that particular sheep, which means all of the sheep because she's the leader off hay and off things like that. So Cody had already been dealing occasionally with my shitty sheep. And then on top of that, she dealt with those jerks at the other trial. And now two weeks later, I take her to another trial where she goes out and the sheep challenge her every single step of the way. Once again, she's going down the aisles. And even though she can turn left when I ask her to turn left, she knows how to do it. She has the skill set. The damn wheels don't work. She's trying to push the sheep to the left, but the wheels are pointed to the right. And then she looks out and the geese are a different shopping cart. And she's like, why am I pushing this stupid car, this stupid uh, shopping cart around the grocery store when there are perfectly good golfing uh, shopping carts right there? So she starts looking for the geese, not because necessarily she was, she wouldn't have moved the sheep, but because these sheep were so hard, she's had two really tough runs at different locations in a row with shitty sheep. I mean, they're great sheep. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I say they're shitty. I'm saying they're shitty to her. I think challenging sheep are necessary for herding. So it's not about the owners of the sheep because those are the kind of sheep I want to work because they tell, they tell the judge that the dog can do the job. I can see from Cody's point of view, her saying, you know what, this sucks turds. I, I love pushing shopping carts up and down, up and down the aisles of grocery stores. It is one of my favorite hobbies, but not if I get two times in a row, do you take me to the grocery store and for four days or four times out each time I get these shitty golfing carts, these shitty, I keep calling golf carts, these shitty shopping carts that want to go the wrong direction. I'm frustrated and this sucks turds. So going with that, I am now thinking that I need to make her life easy for her for a while. I need to help her with her flanks that I screwed up in the beginning that made the other trial really horrible for her on top of the sheep with the wheels. Make it easy for her, make her love it again, give her a bunch of shopping carts that not only have straight wheels, but the floors are slick and it's super fun to go fast. And hopefully, 
then make her a little more resilient over time so that when she goes to these trials where, yeah, there's a shopping cart that sucks, she's like, well, I have so many memories of great shopping carts that I'll do these four days of shitty shopping carts knowing I can come back. So the reason, again, that we, that I think this is important is even though I thought I had the answers, I still kept thinking this is not who this dog is. There's got to be something else. There's got to be more to it than possibly being dehydrated, possibly being a goose junkie. Now, am I wrong? I could be totally wrong. It could have been those two things. I think what I'm thinking is the actual problem is more than likely true. I actually think what it really is, is shitty sheep twice in a row where she really had to struggle to push him up and down and hearing me command her to do something over and over and over again that she could not do. And that's hard. You know, if your boss is saying, you know, your little kid scribble inside the lines, scribble inside the lines, and you're like, I'm, I can't, I don't have the motor skills or I can't do it. Well, at some point it's going to start sucking no matter how much you like coloring. So what I need to do is I need to teach her to draw. I need to do a better job on my end of teaching her to stay in the lines so that that is no longer a factor and teach her that sometimes you get shopping carts with shitty wheels, but there's always going to be another shopping cart in the future that's way more fun because we've never had problems like this before. So I think it's just these two back to back. I think it's repeated cues in the first one with the crappy sheep moving to the second one where no, there were not, well, there ended up being repeated cues because she got distracted, but a shitty sheep again, that really challenged her in every step. I mean, tag has such a, had such a tough time that the sheep actually literally turned on her and, and threatened her. And I was terrified she was going to grip out on the sheep. So the reason this is relevant is I always ask my dog to do something. It is always a question. Do I want them to do it? Yes. Does it matter to me if they do it? Absolutely. Do I care about winning? Oh, uh, if you've heard this, you know I'm, I care about winning. I like to win. But I don't want to win at the expense of my dog. The journey is with me and my dog. I've already done the things that I can do by myself. I've been a triathlete. I've been a, a mountain biker. I've done all of those things competitively. I don't need to go out and prove that I can do things through a dog. I, I like to, I like to enjoy my dog and I like to win, but I'm never going to win at the expense of my dog. And so when things go badly, I'm never going to blame my dog because it always is going to come back to me. And if I keep asking, if I say I gave a cue and they know the cue or in Cody's case, kind of mostly know the cue, except for when it doesn't feel right. And then it's wrong then I ignore the cue because mom can't tell her right from her left. And they still can't do it. My dogs are all try. And if they can't do something, that's on me. And this really matters because I, I work, so I sometimes find myself with other dog trainers with different mentalities. And I'm not speaking ill of them. I'm just saying we're coming at things from a different perspective. Where for them, it's a command. And the dog will do it. And if the dog can't do it, the dog will be punished for not doing it. And I really struggle with that mindset. Because what if Cody, what if I was that mindset? 
and Cody had, at the very first trial, and Cody had taken that wrong cue, right? I'd asked her to come by, and she gave me 45 degrees. I asked for a 90, and she went back to, to zero. To, if I punish her, but really it's a situation where, well, I've created ambiguity. That's not fair. And now she's not going to work for me. Who works for somebody who says, here's the deal. You work for me. You need to stay in the lines, except for when you feel that you can go outside the lines, in which case you're allowed to go outside the lines. But more or less, as often as you can, stay inside the lines. And then I give them a piece of paper where it's really hard, almost impossible to stay in the lines. And then when they don't do it, I dock their pay. I'm an ass. You are not going to work for me. Whereas if I say to somebody, look, I've accidentally told you that you can sometimes color outside the lines and sometimes color inside the lines. And actually that was my mistake. And I apologize for that. Let's go back and let's practice where you, where I set things up, where it's almost impossible for you to color outside the lines, not because you're going to get in trouble, but because I make the lines so big and so broad and I make your pen so tiny that you would have to really, really, really work hard to color outside the lines. And I practice and I practice and I practice that. And I keep making the box smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until finally you get it. You can totally stay in the lines all the time. Now I'm a better boss, right? I helped you succeed and you're going to work for somebody like that. Even if coloring in those lines is super hard because I gave you the ability to do it and I didn't ever punish you for not doing it. So if you don't do it one time, that tells me, well, that's probably on me. That's what I, what people say when they say, don't set your dog up for failure. What they're saying is when I went to this trial, the first trial, I'd never been to that kind of trial before. There was an absolute hundred percent chance that I'd screw something up. There was a very high likelihood that it would go very, very badly. You could say, well, that's setting your dogs up for failure. However, I don't let my dogs know they're failing, except apparently, like I said, I may have accidentally told Cody she was, but that was not my intent. My intent was never to say to my dogs, well, we just left there and that was a shit show. My intent was always to leave saying, I asked you to color inside the lines. I gave you the skills to color inside the lines and you did your best to color inside the lines. Thank you very much. And that, in my opinion, is where the argument of cue versus command comes from. It's that mindset. And you'll hear me. I'll use both words interchangeably. I come from an old horse person. We use the word command and cue interchangeably. But mentally in my mind, I think Q, question, question. Q spelled like the letter, not C-U-E. It's a question. Can you do this here? And if my dog says, I can, then score. We win. I did a good job as a trainer. Thank you very much, dog, for doing what I asked. If I give a Q and the dog cannot do the behavior, then it's on me. Why can you not do the behavior? What have I failed to give you tool-wise that makes it impossible for you to do the behavior. Does that mean that every single behavior isn't important? No. If my dog is running into the street, like we talked about at the very beginning, yeah, they need to listen right then and there. But here's the thing. If they can't listen, they can't listen. And I don't give a shit what you call it. You can call it command all, all day long. But if that dog does not have the toolbox to come back to you chasing a deer across the road, he does not have the toolbox. And you can put an e-collar on him and you can do whatever you want. But if he doesn't have the skill set, he can't do it. I don't care if you call it a command or not. I don't care how much shit you've put behind it. If that dog can't do it, he can't do it. If it's a cue and I hope my dog can do it, but he can't, 
at least at le I'm on my toes and I'm going to try to intercept him and save his life from his own stupidity. Or I'll be smart enough not to set him up for failure in the first place. I'm not going to take him on a roadside with deer when I know I can't call him off. So when we find ourselves in a place where we're like, I told my dog to do X and my dog did Y, instead of saying, well, damn it, he should listen to me. We should say, damn it, what did I do wrong? How did I set my dog up for failure? Why did this not go as I planned? Why is my dog not able to take a flank on, a, on sheep as they're fetching towards me? Well, she's never done it before. And even though I knew going in that we'd have to do that, we practiced a little bit beforehand. The draws were different. The sheep were different. They were, they were really tough sheep. They made everything difficult. They were running towards me, so they had to really book it. Cody has a very slow flank. So all of these things compiled to make, I think, Cody have two negative back-to-back -back experiences on sheep in a new location. So I want you guys to think about that next time you're training, next time you're communicating with your dog. Are you asking questions and listening to answers or are you giving commands and expecting responses? And how does that change how you look at it? Because I'm not judging. I mean, if, if the latter is how you train, that's fine. Okay, I am judging. Who am I kidding? If you do train like the latter, which is, again, you to each their own, do ask yourself, well, if he gives me the wrong answer, maybe instead of facing, instead of blaming the dog, maybe I do a little introspection and think about it. I will come back to you guys at some point and figure out, tell you if I found out if Cody was, if this was actually the case. It might take a few months because we don't have any trials, trials now probably until the spring because in Arizona it gets hot in the summer. So we stopped trialing. I may in the, I mean, I may do something in, in Colorado or in uh, New Mexico, but we never know. So anyway, thank you all for listening. Happy training. Have a fantastic day. Thank you so much. And follow us on Facebook and all of that stuff. I never remember to say it, but you know, do all that stuff. Thanks. Oh, share. I think sharing is a big deal. Have a good one. Bye.